This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. Uh, on this episode, I sat down and I talked to Taylor Wells. Uh, we met up at a local brewery um, and had a couple beers and uh, just talked hunting. We kind of just went off on some tangents and stuff, but um, it was a good conversation. Sitting down talking to Taylor just kind of felt like I was talking to an old friend or something, but um, I think it's just kind of cool how the outdoors and hunting and stuff just kind of brings everybody together. You can kind of just meet up with any random hunter almost and just have like an immediate uh you know something in common with that person so it's kind of cool but anyways yeah uh conversation was good i hope you guys enjoy it um taylor's kind of a all-around outdoorsman got his got his feet wet um fishing and um guiding fishing and stuff on the klamath and stuff like that and he's fairly new to big game hunting i think he's um I think five or six years he's been doing it. So, but he's been he's been having some good success, and um, he's definitely diving down the archery world and um, kind of putting de- putting together a little bow shop in his house and stuff like that. And um, yeah, he just recently shot a nice antelope uh, a few months back this season and um, with a bow. So that's not an easy task to do. So, anyways, guys got some skills. Um, stay tuned. You want to introduce yourself or what? Uh, my name's Taylor. I'm, uh, yeah, we're here at a brewery on a Wednesday after work, drinking a couple beers, I'm kind of winging this. What's, wait, what's your name again? Taylor Wells. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here with uh, the Mountain Vision podcast and... Uh, yeah, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, but let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, dude. Yeah, like you said, Wednesday, the election is in full effect here. Everyone's losing their minds, but, but I, I'm not. I don't give two shits. Yeah, yeah, it's not really getting, like we were talking about, it's not going to affect us here in Cali too much. We're already fucked. But that's, that's Excuse the Excuse my language. It's all good. <laughs> this is, are we supposed to be G-rated right now? No, it's not a big deal. I try to keep it a little bit, a little bit mild, but... No, I don't. I don't edit any of that stuff out. Makes it a little more more real, I guess. But what do you want to talk about? What do you want to cover? I don't know, dude. Uh, I'm trying to figure this out. I just know that you have been digging into archery a lot. Uh, been following you for a little while. We were talking what? Not last weekend, but the weekend before. We were we started sort of started talking and uh, decided to chit chat on my way out to yeah out to hunting and. You were gracious enough to offer to help me pack something out if I were to actually show some skill yeah, in the field and actually get something, but I didn't, so... Who doesn't like packing meat? <laughs> I mean, there's not, there's not many things I enjoy more than heavy pack out of the mountains. I mean, that might sound cliche, but it's kind of fun helping out, like getting your hands all dirty and, I don't know, the, 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 the joy of the success and then, like, the misery of having... 80 pounds in your pack when you're at however many thousand feet 
I don't. I, I'm not. A, I don't keep hammering, so yeah. I'm not the most fit person <laughs> in the world. But I try to keep after it, and it's just nice to share those share those moments in the field with people. Hell yeah! No, I, I do appreciate it though, dude. I, Hell yeah! I uh, when you offered that, I was like, dude, that's that's what it's about, man. Like, you know, like you, I don't know. As a hunter, you kind of want like buddies or you know like we hadn't even met until today but like that point in time it was like this this dude is this dude's in you know you're you're somebody who's uh committed and down to help out when you can and i'm the same way and i, I just i do appreciate it and uh yeah i, I was feel like i was gonna call you too if i were to get something yeah, I was, and i would have been there dude <laughs> i would have been there i probably would have texted or called my wife first and my Wife's uncle second, and you would have yeah. been number three, and hoping you were gonna. Who do you call first? Probably my wife. Your wife? Yeah. I tried to call my wife, but like generally, like she was either out with doing stuff and didn't pick up the phone. It's always like you always have to think about who do you call first when you kill something. Yeah, for sure. No, there's a few people on the on the list. Um, actually, that just made me kind of think about like, yeah, this year I've had a, I've had a few people reach out and try to help out. Um, you you reached out. You offered to help. Uh, Brian Taylor reached out. He he's been kind of giving me tips here and there um, on where to look for deer and stuff like that. And I've been taking tips from Andy with Legion. He's been kind of giving me giving me giving me tips, and then also just talking about steel hunting and stuff like that. And I find myself like like trying to stick out glassing in the mornings yeah. and in the evenings and stuff. And it gets it gets tough and and uh, I get impatient, so hearing him have success uh, still hunting yeah. gives me gives me uh, hope because I, I I like to do that during the middle of the day and stuff. That's so. some I've never like it's it's I know a lot of people are successful still hunting, but that's not something I've really ever. I I think I've tried it just like walking around, but I probably don't move slow enough. And it's always like I I want that spot and stock so bad. Really? Yeah. Like it's like it's it's what like when you listen to all the podcasts and like see all the films it's always like spot and stock this spot and stock that so it's like always what i have in my mind so i I guess it's probably like a a large chunk of my game that does not exist no no, you've been doing good dude i uh and that's how it is for me like i i see everybody doing spot and stock and i and i enjoy it um i just i haven't been able to connect the dots with it yet um and i have been able to the one deer i have killed it was spot and stock and i was able to able to make it happen and i was able to kind of see that work early on in my big game hunting adventure career whatever you want to call it but um so yeah and and this year i did it quite a bit um did you get any good plays this season what's that did you get any good plays this season in archery i did um which i was excited about dude it got me all it got me all your hands always start to shake when you're like when you're about to go in for a stock yeah, so I, I think I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it before, but like, uh, yeah, archery season. I found a buck. It was like a four by something. I saw four points yeah, on one side, luck. and I yeah. He was gonna die. I, and I didn't care. I'm not picky either. I'm I'm still new at this too. So like, I'm just uh, I, I, as long as it's legal, I'm good. But yeah, this buck was nice. It was a four point something at like 200 yards, and I was st- I was still hunting, but it was like a not a real thick area. So I was glassing, kind of like taking some steps and then glassing around, looking at all the all the little areas where I think bucks would be hidden. And I saw four points and 
honestly, I didn't know if it was a, if it was a branch or what it was, um, but I treated it like it was a buck, and I uh, stalked into like maybe a hundred, and took off my pack and started working my way towards towards the buck, and um, yeah, I got within. I, I paced it out last time I went out, um, and I got within like fifty yards of it. And uh, so yeah, archery season got within fifty yards. There was like a little draw, like bump. The buck was on the other side of it, and I, I heard it. I heard it step away and mm. walk away. And I didn't. I I thought I heard it, and mm. and it was. It did turn out to be it. I just didn't know it at the time, or else I probably would have kind of hustled up and tried to see if I can get a shot. But anyways. Um, it walked away. I got up over the edge and definitely a fresh bed in that spot. And those branches that I thought I saw that were antlers were in fact antlers. And that buck did just barely get away. Yeah. So that got me pretty excited for the season. And, um, but yeah, that was, that was that. That was that. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like, like 99% of California archer bow hunters seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might you might see one and you might get a stock or you might not. Yeah. Unless you're, I don't know, like some of the other people we've been talking about that actually kill stuff in California every year. But it's hard, man. <laughs> like I mean, you? Just, no, no, no. I've killed. <laughs> how many deer have I killed? I've only killed two in California. Okay. So, yeah. like, it's not like I'm the most successful. I think we're kind of in the same boat. Like, I've only been doing it for a few years. You've only been doing it for a few years. Like, yeah. Measured success here and there. But I don't know. You say like it's it's always fun. It's all like I don't know. It's always fun looking back on it. It's not always fun in the minute when you're frustrated and like not seeing shit. And you get you leave on Sunday night and go home. You're all frustrated, but like I don't know. Wednesday rolls along, and if you're got a clearance from the family to get out again, you're always excited and like packing your stuff on Wednesday night and you're just like thinking about what's gonna happen the next weekend. But yep, exactly. It's all good, dude. <laughs> it's just it's just fun to get out and like. I don't know. People say, "Oh, it's not about. It's not all about killing stuff." But yes, it is. It is all about killing yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It is, dude. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I enjoy. I enjoy going out no matter what. It, it, but yeah, it's frustrating, man. Like I definitely go out to to bring home something, dude. Because I put. I feel like I put so much pressure on myself sometimes, and I tr- I try to like tone it back and just make sure I'm having fun. <laughs> but dude, to be honest with you, like, yeah, like this year, I I dedicated. I kind of feel bad. I sort of like put off some of my hunting buddies and like just wanted to hunt alone oh, yeah. this year because I just, I had to, I had to, to like play your own game. Yeah. I had to like hone in on my own abilities and my own decisions and like try to see what I could do. And I definitely learned more this year than other years. Sometimes I feel like I get in like a rut where I'm just kind of like going through the motions yeah. and like going on these weekend hunts and like nothing's Auto really happening. Doesn't help. Yeah. And so I just, this year I was like, you know what, dude, I'm going to like, just make every decision for myself and i'm just gonna <laughs> I, I just i put too much pressure on myself I, I i'm still enjoying it but like yeah i don't know i'm frustrated i'm, I'm getting getting closer Dude, i feel like hard it's hard here i feel like i'm building skills but yeah like you, we were talking about earlier like yeah it's hard in california i want to I think part of the answer is going out of state a little bit more and finding success but i'm i'm not giving up on hunting here at all yeah. i mean I want to put in just as much effort here. I mean, but. it's hard to pass up what's in your backyard, but like when it comes down to it, there, 
I think that the management of animals in California is quite lacking. There's a, there's there's not as many critters as other places. Sure, there's there's plenty of beautiful deer that are out there for us to get after, but when it comes down to it, other states probably have more, and there's also not like six cities within a couple hours drive of just about every good spot that have like a million goddamn people in them yeah everybody like and and hunting is now it's like the cool thing to do yeah so everybody's getting after it which is great because the more people that are out there like more people care about the woods and maybe can push for management changes or protection of areas or stuff like that but yeah i don't know it's just like what is that i was watching that uh either it was meat eater or something like that the other night and and steve's up there all pissed off because there's other hunters in a spot he's hunting i'm like bro like you're making tv shows and stuff like you're you're trying to share how awesome hunting it is and and then you go on a hunt and there's other hunters somewhere and you get irritated and you're just like what 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 is the end result you expected yeah that's a good point dude yeah it's it's, yeah in, in the end it's good that everybody's up there this year this year was frustrating for me just during scouting season and everything just the the covid thing just pushed everyone up in the mountains and like what else are you going to do? And I know and I know, getting off the trails is like, you know, obviously you're going to find more deer off the trails and off the roads and stuff. But, uh, I mean, typically, like for me, like I'll take a trail to an area and then I'll go off the trail and beat just beat brush or whatever and try to get a mile or so off or whatever and just see what I can turn up and... Um, but I guess just going to like those remote areas <laughs> that were typically like you would see one or two hunters or, or one or two people on the whole entire yeah. hike and you would just see like 20, 30 people at these remote lakes and stuff. like. Oh, yeah. Dude. Just, I mean, our wilderness areas are hammered. It's just yeah. like you're, you're so close to cities like San Francisco, Sacramento, like all these big places like Folsom is practically Sacramento now. And it's like an hour from the mountains. So like yeah. every, everybody goes to freaking REI and buys their... Gore-Tex hiking boots and five hundred dollar backpacks now, and goes like backpacking on. We're gonna go to the mountains. Yeah, yeah. But and it's, it's cool. All good. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, 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 I'm glad they're doing it. It's just, uh, yeah, for me this, I don't know. This year, I just, I was really trying to hone in on like what what techniques work and what doesn't. So like, it was frustrating, just committing to backpacking earlier in the season, earlier in the scouting season, and then running into just so many people. Uh, That's the exact opposite reason you go back there. It's like, I hope yeah, I might yeah. see a couple less people, maybe a deer that, like, a herd that hasn't been molested as much or yeah, anything yeah. like that. And it's like, it's not always like, what is it? Last year, I backpacked into the Trinities on Labor Day weekend. Hundreds of people. Like, I shit you not, hundreds of people were back there. And then, like, I hike up this ridge and get up above this basin that I want to glass in the morning, and I'm sleeping, and it's like, probably like one in the morning and i like i could just get woken up by like lights and shit and one of those backpackers literally hiked in a laser light show machine and he was in the bottom and it's like a pretty deep basin probably like i don't know 1500 feet maybe a little more top to bottom so it's like quite a bit of relief and he had that whole basin lit up with a laser light show machine and so i was i was i was like 11 miles back wait are you saying like headlamps or like literally no like a laser light show machine literally? like a literal laser like oh, like really? green lasers all over the canyon and shit <laughs> like a disco party yes yes uh, i don't like i can't imagine that's light but i mean <laughs> i left the next day 
And I, I will, n I, I probably won't ever go back to the Trinities. But yeah, that's funny. I'm okay name dropping the Trinities because fuck that place. <laughs> you know what? I've honestly heard the same thing about that area. One of my one of my nephews actually was uh, there recently, and same thing. Same thing, and well, the, the thing is, is like as hunters, we 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 have certain things in mind. Like if you're hiking a ridge, like you're hiking along the side of it, not to skyline yourself and stuff like that, and like you don't want to blow out basins and stuff. Like we have like these strategies in mind, and like people that aren't hunting don't have any of that in no, mind. They have like bells they're just, on their backpacks and they're, shit. <laughs> they're just yeah. They're which I mean I'm again I'm not against it. Like I I, I like that they're backpacking, they're camping yep. and stuff. It's just for a, as a hunter, it's just frustrating. I almost wish like I wish we could say okay like you know there's it's hunting season nobody else is allowed yeah, or, or something like that but it's just not the case and i mean i like the conversations i have back there with those people a lot of times yeah. they're surprised they're like oh you're hunting back here yeah. Like, oh yeah there's good deer hunting like but i have had some situations where it's like i i was hiking a trail in a wilderness area in oregon and i saw a buck and i was stalking in on him it was only like 100 yards off the trail and it was like a, a nice three by three like i, I would have shot him and then i hear like dogs barking and people talking and like the buck spooks off, and I just, like, sit down on the trail waiting for these people to come up and, like, be friendly and stuff. But you're like, hey, like, you know, it's, like, hunt, hunting season and stuff right now. And, like, I was, I was, I, I kind of was on an animal, and he's gone now. But that's, like, you can't blame anybody for that. They're just out there trying to do the same thing we are, like, enjoy yeah. enjoy being outside and stuff. But Yep. And uh, it's hard to, hard to hold it against them. There, there's actually been a lot of times where, like, non-hunters just up hiking will will actually help out and they'll be like oh Push yeah i saw a big buck back yeah. there or whatever and it's like they're sometimes they're helpful and it's 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 cool but yeah it's frustrating probably more than <laughs> more than anything but. i mean my buddy ryan mcphail we talked about him a minute ago yeah, he, yeah. he lives right down the road from here but he was he was on a group of buck he, bucks he was like maybe 100 yards away and he was in an area not, up in the Sierras and some guy walk, was walking up the trail and started like screaming, like yelling as loud as he could and like waving his hands. And Ryan went up, like after those deer blew up, Ryan went up to him and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And the guy was like, Oh, I was lost. And I, I don't know. I think he was trying to blow deer out of the basin, but I don't yeah. know. You, I never want to assume those sort of things. I try to not put bad intentions in. I don't yeah, know how to yeah. phrase that correctly, like but I try to yeah. think people have the best intentions in yeah, mind, yeah. but you never know. We are pretty close to San Francisco. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Like I think in the area you live in, the same with same area I live in. I don't want to get political again, but like conservative. We're, yeah, it's we're, more, we live in conservative it is. areas. Like they're they're more red and like I don't know. Like everybody I run across is is that way for the most part. And then yeah, but in reality, here in California and in the, in the areas surrounding us is not so. <laughs> it is what it is. We live where it's we live. Weird. We live here for a reason. It's a nice place to live. Like it might not be the best hunting or the best yeah. political situation, but I mean, it's it's like five o'clock, four o'clock, four thirty in early November, and it's like seventy degrees. Yeah, yeah. We were just so, talking about that. Like, like there's there is a lot to be thankful for here living here. I mean, the weather's the weather is awesome. You can't forget that because every time I lit, every time I look into moving somewhere else, it's like the uh the income the housing the costs weather. the weather it just doesn't add up and yeah. i mean it can depending on what 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 kind of career you have going on but for me it just hasn't added up and 
I have so much family here, and it's you, hard know, to leave. you always have the option of going to hunt, hunt out of yeah. state. So in, well, no matter what state you live in, if you're into it that much, you're going to want to hunt in a different state anyways to extend your season yeah. or whatever, Go increase your opportunities. Things. Yeah. So I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, I think we just need to keep yeah. uh, keep at it. And I'm probably not going anywhere. We're about to put a pool in. So. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like Clark Griswold. You're really doing the pool? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, Wyoming was rad, but everyone likes to fantasize about living in the West. Like, oh, let's move to Montana. Let's move to Colorado. It's going to be awesome. But, like, if you're from here, you've never, like, sure, you might li- you might get some snow, but you've never experienced a real winter. I yeah. left Wyoming, and, like, four days later, it was negative 20. <laughs> I'm yeah. not like I like I like weather. I like like getting bundled up and being outside and like yeah. having like that nice fresh cold air on your face. But I don't want to live in negative twenty. Yeah, I want to be able to like go outside in the winter time and like enjoy myself and like frostbite is that's a real possibility there. That's nothing <laughs> I've ever experienced. Like I like the idea of going going on a, like a a late season hunt and in the uh, in I don't know wherever Colorado Wyoming whatever and and having a stove. A stove in my tent and stuff like that. Like the idea is cool, and but yeah, stepping know. out in that every morning on the way to work, I don't know. <laughs> but Wyoming was rad, man. That was like probably the most beautiful state I've ever been to. It's just like it, it's one of the few places I've been in my life where you can drive on like a main interstate highway and not see another car. Like during during traveling hours for like three hours. Really? It's just like yeah. wide open, wide open. There's nobody there. There's more. I, I'm. This might be just like a wives' tale, but I think there's more antelope than people in Wyoming. <laughs> like prairie rats. Yeah. I, no, Nevada's kind of the same way. I think I, I did. I worked a lot in Nevada, and you know, you're just driving for hours, and there's nothing but nothing but desert and antelope and wild horses, and it's pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. And it looks flat, but it's really not when you really yeah. dive into it. There's all kinds of little. Dude, Nevada has more mountain rangers than any state in the U.S. Yeah, and it's so much free, like yeah, public land. Most of the state is open range, like which means like you can pretty much get on a horse and ride across the state as far as you want to. Like I think yeah, it's it's a large percentage of Nevada that's actually open range. Like I I want to hunt Nevada so bad. I've put in for tags a couple times and never drawn anything, but hopefully one of these one of these yeah. years soon I'll grab one of those high country high country muley tags. Yeah, something about. The idea of getting like up to like eleven, twelve thousand feet, and yeah, getting after mule deer in like these big open basins, like I don't know, maybe it's just like the the romanticism that I hear from all these other guys out there, like hunting western, high western mountain mule deer. It just looks it looks rad, and I want to get, I want to get some experience doing that. Like I haven't I haven't got to get like a, a true like high mountain mule deer hunt. Like all the places I've done in the past, maybe like six thousand feet, but like talking like listen to brian barney and those guys talking about they're hunting like 12 13 thousand feet yeah it's like i think my lungs would explode yeah i know i'm curious to see i, I try to push it a little bit every year just locally just to see kind of you know physically if you can if i can handle it like this year i got up to 10 yeah. and i was fine so as it's far as like hard. altitude sickness i think i'm all right but i don't know i, I haven't been to 12 so <laughs> it's kind of hard to even find anything above like 9500 10,000 like there's a couple of places like some high meadows or stuff like that or that are right around 10 but like in the areas we hang out i think like most of it tops out around like 90 9500 9800 yeah. something like that yep 
Yeah, I think if you if you publicly talk about anything higher than that, you're pretty, pretty much giving your spot away because yeah. there's only a couple places yeah, that, are, exactly. <laughs> that are above above that. So. And it's all fucking granite. Yeah, like that's 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 what I'm trying to figure out is like a couple of these guys we've been talking about. They've been killing deer up in the granite, and like there's a wilderness area really close to my house, but like. I, I hope I'm not exaggerating, but I bet like 95% of the ground is literally solid rock. It's yeah. just one giant piece of granite. Yep. Yeah, and we were kind of talking a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, but like uh, I know I I mean I've seen some I've seen fairly fresh tracks and like some sign of areas or spots around those elevations that um, right off the granite where I've seen tracks and stuff so i mean i know they're up there and you were talking about it too and like uh Dude, they're the there forest service packers. Just, yeah like the forest service packers they're back there back then like more than anybody else and if you talk to them they're like yeah they, they see they see big deer they're like oh yeah there's big ones back there we like we don't see a lot of them but there's some there's i think there's big deer everywhere yeah it's just finding is finding where he lives yeah i mean when there's when there's like i don't know how many square miles of wilderness and there's like 2,000 tree pockets, he's going to live in one of them. Yeah. They're not going to live out there on the rock. Yeah, they just I don't know. They're pretty nocturnal, I think. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing other guys pick them out in the middle, in mid-morning and stuff too, though, so I, I I'll, I'll figure it out here soon. Yeah, just <laughs> hopefully, like, next, hopefully next season or in this off season, I'm definitely going to be do some, doing some scouting and yep. putting some more trail cameras out. But That's something I've been wanting to do for the last years is just like it's only like for, from where I live to, to this wilderness area is like a 45-minute drive. And like it's, it's wilderness. Like it's, it's actually like a federally or national, whatever you call it, designated wilderness area. Yeah. And I, like, I've always wanted to like every time Camo Fire drops like that Trail Cam Tuesday thing, like spend like 800 bucks and buy like a pile of trail cams and just like go spend a weekend. And spread like thirty trail cams out there. Like, I'd imagine that would that probably be a decent tactic to help us kind of like figure it out. Just because, yeah, if we can figure out some travel patterns and all that, and maybe find one or two that like hits a camera a couple times, maybe we can like narrow, yeah, narrow this stuff down. But like at this point, I feel like I suck at hunting. I mean, I've had <laughs> very little measured success, more as a result of just being stubborn than skill. I think you're still above the above average when it comes to especially when it comes to California. No, dude. There's so there's there's What's a lot like the, of really good killers in California. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. I mean, yeah, but they're above average. I would not put myself. I've killed like two deer in California. I've like yeah, but it? yeah. How long? How many years have you been deer hunting? Uh, I think I really my first year actually deer hunting was 2015. So five years. I think mine was, was 2016. Gone for a while. So six years. So yeah. So whatever. I mean, I think. What do they say? Like. 10% success rate is average or something? I bet it's less than that, man. Yeah, it's got to be less. It probably is less than that. I mean, half is just like, for me, it's like, I don't feel like it's because I've been doing things right. It's just because I get stubborn and I got lucky. Like, my buck that I shot last year was just because I knocked on the right door. Yeah. And spent, like, it, it was close enough to the house that I could get off work after a 10-hour day just working construction and, like, drive down there and sit in the blind for the last, like, hour and a half of light and yeah, that big no, sucker. That was just archery, right? Out. Yeah, that was so archery. that was that's even that's even better, dude. Yeah, it was a good one, dude. <laughs> like, I, I'm still waiting to get that one back from the taxidermist. I've well, Andy just killed an antelope, so I did. Don't yeah. try to downplay your success because you're doing good. I don't know. Like, I mean, you hear about all these guys <laughs> taking like fill and tag after tag after tag, and uh, I'm like, if I can get one a year, I'm pretty happy. Like, yeah. I'm not. That's where I want to be. I just 
at least in California. Yeah, if I can, I feel like if I can get one a year in California, I'll, I'll be so yeah. overly happy. Yeah. Like I'll be, I'll feel like I'm doing it right. I mean, I talked rifle to, or archery. I don't even care. I mean, I I feel like I do want to start getting at least at least one, maybe even two out of state tags a year and trying making that happen yeah. too. And but I just want to like it. I'd like to get a bull eventually. Like I've got to go elk hunting a bit, a good bit. Like I spent. I this is gonna make this is kind of embarrassing, but I took I quit a job and took a whole month off in 2018. And Loser. I still, yeah, I still couldn't. <laughs> I still couldn't kill a bull. Like, uh, I mean, I don't like to glaze over things, but I lost a bull. And my partner lost a bull that that year. So like, I had I had a ton of encounters, but. I just couldn't get it done, and like when I when I had that opportunity for success, it was. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened because it, it was it was like a seventy yard shot, and I hit him, and there was good blood and all that. Like I'm not. I think I popped a branch and like hit his brisket, but I was like I'm never totally sure. Like I never like there was blood, but there wasn't good a, a ton of it. But yeah, I think what state all, was that in? That was in Oregon. Okay. Yeah, Oregon's yeah. pretty cool, man. There's like there's a lot of good opportunity, especially like. It's it's probably the closest one of the closest states that you can actually get a tag and I mean Nevada's pretty hard to get a tag. Yeah. Idaho isn't that hard, but like Oregon's you can be over the Oregon border in four and a half, five hours or something. Yeah. Uh, is it it's about five hours? Five from hours, here. yeah. And like, yeah, I have family in, we were talking earlier, I have family in Oregon and so kinda like part of my heart is in Oregon sort of like um and I know a lot of people like downplay Oregon a little bit, but Maybe for trophy opportunities or something, but like Oregon's super underrated, man. I, I know. Think, I think like, so I, too. I really think Oregon is probably one of the most underrated states in the West, just because maybe the animal quality isn't like what it is in other places, but the the opportunity for hunting there is massive. I mean, I think the Fish and Game regu- or Oregon Fish and Wildlife, whatever it's called, is going to change regulations to make everything on the east side draw. But in, in past years. You could buy, like when I was an Oregon resident a couple of years, I could get an elk tag, a deer tag, a bear tag, a mountain lion tag, and a turkey tag for like 130 bucks. Damn. And that allowed you to hunt probably 95% of the state. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then with that, say say you got a bull and didn't kill a deer. Like you just focused on elk during season because deer and elk kind of open concurrently in most places there, if not all. And then there's a late season tag in Oregon where you can hunt like rutting blacktail and I'm, I don't know specifically what the units are off the top of my head, but it's a good portion of kind of like the southern the southern and the western side of the state. Yeah. You can hop over the border and go hunt running blacktail. Okay. Just imagine being being able to do that here. Yeah. I mean, it takes 20 years to get a rut tag in California. Yeah. Do, do, are there even rut tags in California anymore? Like uh, November? I don't think so. Not, not that I know of. I don't know. Yeah. Don't quote Thanks, me Peter. on that. but. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking to guys in A-Zone this year, and, like, they were talking about bucks rutting in, like, September. Yeah. And I, which is not the same up here. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that, like, I'm starting to see a ton of deer hit on the roads. Like, in the last two weeks, it yeah. like, seems like the amount of deer hit on the sides of the roads is, have freaking quadrupled. So I'd imagine that they're kind of starting to move around, maybe starting to migrate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I... I ran over a fawn a few weeks ago. Yeah. It that sucks that we can't backstrap him. I Would know. you have? Or was it like a direct hit? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Truck and then trailer under the tires. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that it was a fawn. So Not salvageable. I felt pretty bad about it, but... You ever seen like when people do like the whole like the whole little like small pig or like the whole veal on a spit roast? 
Think of how good it would be to do like. This is gonna sound horrible. <laughs> so like do like a fawn on a spit roast over a barbecue. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel right like shooting one, but no. yeah, like if you hit one, I, I don't see. There's no. I mean, I think you're. You should. Yeah, it use the crazy. meat if I you think can. Like right? Oregon, Oregon just made it legal. I think, or maybe it starts in 2021 that you can. No, I think it already started. I thought you could hear too. No, no. I, I could have sworn California. like a year or two ago that like. They changed it to where if you hit something, you can, you can use it. Yeah, I don't know. And then I, I, I almost want to say maybe I heard it switched back. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar. I've been. I've. I just got like. What is it? I moved back to California in this October 2018. We were in Oregon for a couple of years, so I was kind of. I want to get back to Oregon, but. Yeah. That's neither here nor where there. Were you, where were you at in Oregon? We lived a little southwest of Portland. Like, we're about like 45 minutes from the coast. Okay. Um, in like a, it, uh, in kind of the very north end of the Willamette Valley. Okay. Um, kind of in like wine country. It was, it was nice. Like, I mean, I was super close to all the stuff I love to do. I was, like, I could literally hunt elk within thirty minutes of my house in the winter time. I was steelhead fishing. Like, I'd get out of bed, get in my truck, and I was at my put in on my favorite river in like forty minutes. Yeah. Which was pretty rad. That's pretty much what I think of when I go to Oregon. When I think of Oregon too. Yeah, steelhead, Roosevelt yeah. elk. Yeah, when I go there, like, yeah, like I was telling you, like, when I go with my wife's uncle, it's like, if if he has an elk tag, it's, yeah, we're we're there hunting elk in an hour, and we're, or we're fishing on his drift boat on the Rogue River or whatever, and, or in an hour or whatever, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know, I think of it as like an outdoors paradise, mm-hmm. but. It is, man. It's a beautiful state to live in. Like, I mean, there's a lot to do there, and it's like. Where I lived up there, you have to, you have to be okay with the rain is the only thing. Like I, yeah. I don't mind it at all. I mean, I, I own a rain jacket. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you ever visit Oregon, specifically like the northwest portion in the wintertime, if you carry an umbrella, people know you're not from there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But hell yeah. So what's a little bit of a background on you? Are you so you did you grow up? Hunting and fishing? Or? No. So I, I grew up fishing. Like, my dad my dad has always been a really avid angler. Like, I spent my whole youth uh, fishing lakes and lakes, creeks, all that sort of stuff. And then when I was, like, I don't know, like 11 or 12, my dad bought a nice ocean boat. And we started getting after ocean salmon. And we did that for many years together and got pretty, like, we made a really good team, had some really good adventures. And then when I got out of high school, I thought I was ready to go to college, and I wasn't. So I, I wasted a good bit of money in about a year and a half yeah. trying to go to school and then ended up going to Alaska for, I spent a t- in, in, in four years of total time, I spent like two and a half total years of time in Alaska. Okay. And then in the off season, I would guide um, on the Klamath, which was rad. That's like one of my favorite places in the state. And yeah. then beyond that, I've kind of like, I've worked all jobs. Like I, I have been the type of person I kind of get like, wanderlust and a little itchy and uh so i've kind of bounced around jobs and ended up in oregon for a while then ended up guiding again got to got to guide on the deschutes and the john day and like spent a bunch of time on the oregon coast which is like that's beautiful country like rowing rowing drift boats through whitewater became like one of the things i really love it's uh it's a lot of fun because like whitewater rafting is rad like going out there splashing around and all that shit but rafts don't sink yeah and if you if you mess up in a drift boat uh, you sink like I uh here's the story <laughs> for you this reminds me yeah. uh 
you know Field and Stream magazine? Mm-hmm. So w- the editor of Field and Stream magazine, uh, his name's Kirk Dieter. Nice guy, big boy. And then there's a uh, like a fishing waiter boot apparel company called Corkers, and I had Kirk Dieter, who is at the time I I think he's gotten lost a bunch of weight, but at the time he was ha- he had to be close to three solid bills, and the other guy in the boat was at least three bills, like probably three ten something like that, just like not not obese, just like giants of men. Yeah. And there's <laughs> one big rapid on the Deschutes called White Horse. And I like I'm not I'm not a veteran on that river by any means, but I've run that rapid a good number of times, and like it's the sort of thing like it puts boats down every single year, and I like yeah, it, it was probably like my tenth lap down the river that year, and uh, we eat lunch right above this rapid, and after lunch, the outfitter who I was working for told me I was taking these guys, and I was like okay cool, like these are the biggest guys in the group, this is great, and I have the lowest lowest side, so like a lot of those guys run high side drift boats, and I just had a standard. And I made it through the difficult move on the river uh, on that rapid. It's just kind of a, it's a pretty rough entrance. And then you have to move around this rock. If you, if you hit the rock, um, you're pretty much going to sink your boat. And so I got around kind of, it's considered called like the crux move, like the most important move in the rapid. And there's just this big wave train. It's like, like six standing waves that are stacked at the bottom. And normally I just kind of roll through the troughs, maybe take a little splash over the bow. But I had so much weight in the front of my boat that when I kind of came into the first trough and dropped down into it, rather than kind of my bow riding up over the edge, my bow plowed through the bottom of the trough and I put like 300 gallons of, boat, of water in my boat in like a second. And there was five more waves. So I did the same thing again and again and again. And by the time I got through the waves, I had like three inches of boat out of the water. Ooh. I almost sank my boat. Uh, but it's like that, it, like that little adrenaline rush of knowing, knowing if things don't go right, there's like consequence. It's like, I don't know. It's probably the same reason, like people skydiving and rock climbing, get all jacked yeah. up. It's just like uh, some people like to go fast. Some people like to jump at airplanes. I like I like rowing drift boats down whitewater. It's yeah. a blast. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. And there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of way better oarsmen out there with me, but like I'm than, than I am. But like I've I don't know. I just like it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. I haven't been in anything that that extreme, but. Um yeah, I've been with with my wife's uncle in Oregon, and we, he's he's. I mean, him and well, like his friends have said it when he's not around, yeah. and like saying he's like this dude is like really good, like he's yeah. he's an expert, like he he knows what he's doing, like yeah. So I I kind of look up to him in that way, but like he he's a really good oarsman. He's he's like I think you guys would probably get along great, but um, but yeah, he takes us out all the time and fishes, and he's he's uh he takes pride in like knowing how to maneuver the river and knows how much water is coming through and like he's he's like really like particular on all the details like that and like um so yeah i can kind of i know what you're talking about i mean the rogue the rogue is the rogue is not the easiest river to to row i mean there's a lot of really funky ledge rock in that thing yeah um that's one of the first like when i first got a drift boat that was one of the first places i floated i remember like going going down a float and being scared shitless and now i go down and it's just like oh like I go there. It's yeah. fine. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. I'd imagine it's the same sort of thing. Like these, uh, some of these like hunters who are super successful, they like, they look at the mountain and, and they know where to go. Like you just, you see your line and it's, I, it might, maybe it's different. I don't know. I don't see the line in the mountains yet, but 
I n- like I can look at a river and a rapid and a piece of water and I can pretty much know where I need to go. And it's just yeah. like you spend enough time on the river, you know where you need to go just as well as I, I imagine you spend enough time on the mountain. You can kind of pick your feature out or yep. pick your little feeding area or something like that. It probably reflects reflects yeah. pretty directly. You kind of learn what the what the go-to spot is and which one isn't. <laughs> right. uh, it just takes time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I assume. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I... I it's, <laughs> Again, we're in the same boat, dude. We've been doing it yeah. for a few years each, have some measured success, and like, just like it's, it's the whole process of just tr- trying. Yeah, like, I like I like trying to hunt, and like, I think ninety percent of the time it ends up being an armed hike. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I don't know. Like, it's I think all the as much as we always want to kill something when we go out. I think like just the process of if it, if if we went out there. And you killed something, you like on your first morning, you'd be super stoked and it'd be awesome. That'd be that'd be like the most wonderful experience of your life. But the fact that it's not the easiest thing in the world, I think, kind of makes the it makes like like when you're successful, feel all the much better. I mean, yeah, like no, you finally shoot something and you're sitting there and you're just like, holy shit! Like I just did a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's so true, dude. I mean, I haven't seen it and. A lot, but I've seen it a couple times, like only once with myself as far as big game goes, and then and then a couple times with other people. But like, yeah, yeah, when you when you um, are able to make it happen, yeah, dude, all the struggles, all the hours you spent prior to that is what like makes that moment so great, oh, yeah. and the pain, the pain and suffering is like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, going back to like what I was saying about Wyoming, like, so I moved there. And, like, I pretty much, like, discounted the fact that I was going to get to hunt at all this year because I just, like, I just graduated from trade school trying to get a foothold in a new trade, and I took a job out there. It was, like, I got offered a job, and I took it because, like, I, I don't know, I've, I have a family, and I have bills and all that sort of stuff, so I couldn't I could not have income, so I took that job out there. And uh, I just went to, the, went to the, like, the little sporting goods store in town one day, and I was like, are there any, are there any tags left? And they're like, yeah, there's this private land antelope tag. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll buy it. And I, it was like, it was kind of like a, like a pill to swallow because it was like a $380 tag. And I knew nothing about the area, like absolutely nothing. And I just went out there and drove around and like was knocking on ranchers doors and got no after no. Cause like pretty much if there's a nice ranch that you see an antelope on out there, it's leased. And okay. usually they have like these exclusive leases. And I, I found a nice little piece of land and um, kind of started venturing on. I had, I had some. I didn't. Oh, let me rephrase. I didn't find it. I, I had some people point me in a direction, and uh, ended up finding a nice spot with their help. And spent like what is it like five weekends every single weekend. Like I'd work. I was working out of town the whole time, so I'd like leave Sunday night or Monday morning at like five a.m. Work all week. Get home on Friday night at like eight o'clock, pack my shit, drive out there a couple hours, wake up in the morning and hunt. And like, it took me, I think five trips out, four or five trips out there of weekends um, to finally make it happen. Dude, antelope are, antelope are, um, yeah, probably like in terms of bow hunting, they're, they're a really rad animal, man. Yeah. They're among the toughest, right? I mean, their eyesight is like supposedly pretty amazing i mean they can't be that <laughs> tough because i ended up killing one but uh they see really good and where they live is super challenging because like most of it most of it like they like the prairie they like that flat shit yeah 
Um, and they do. I think they see in something like eight power. Like yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they evolved or adapted with the North American cheetah. Oh really? And they they went extinct. I, I watch a lot on that National Geographic, so I might be I might get called on this. But they evolved to survive living around the North American cheetah, and that's why their eyesight is so good, and that's also why they're the fastest North American land animal. They run like I think their top speed is like 65 miles an hour. So like. You blow a stock, or they see you, and like they're gone, and they they'll literally blow out at a mile. Like if, yeah. if you take a wrong approach path, or like maybe they're the lights hot, like low light in the morning, you can get away with some stuff. But like they spook at like a mile. Like I've had them peg me at like 800 yards when I thought I had a good line of approach. Yeah. But I mean, it took me a while, and I made it happen. It was rad. And yeah, I think with the bow, it's definitely something to be proud of. I mean, I know people take them with rifles all the time, and some people say they're easy hunts and some people say they're tough but like definitely with a with a bow i would say that's definitely on the challenging side hey have you ever have you ever heard of like (laughs) my wife's uncle in oregon that i was talking about he he did some research and came to the conclusion that like a pronghorn is is related more closely to a giraffe. It's a fact. Than a, yeah, than yeah, a, it's a than fact. So antelope. that's like the <laughs> what is it like? Antelope are kind of their own species, and their yeah. closest genetic relative is a giraffe. Yeah, yeah, a pronghorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it's crazy. They call like, them antelope, but they're really like pronghorn, and they're really more yeah. related to a giraffe than yeah. It, than it doesn't antelope. make sense. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> and there's all sorts of like antelope, like things that are called antelope all around the world, but yeah, yeah, they're 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 one to themselves. That's crazy. But yeah, we always call them giraffes, so that makes sense. <laughs> They're weird critters. I mean, like the other thing that's really weird about antelope is they smell freaking horrible. Yeah, they smell like they have yeah. this like you like you know like if you're going to like someone's house and they had pet goats or something like yeah. that and you like tussle horns with the goats and like you smell, smell like your hands hair. and it smells all greasy and stuff like they are stinky stinky critters. They definitely smell a little more than the deer. And I was told by a couple people like like antelope meat doesn't taste good, but honestly, dude, that that meat is the best game meat I've ever yeah. had. I had it. I had him to the processor in like two uh, two hours after he died. Really? And I, like that's the best eating game meat I've ever had. Like it doesn't it doesn't taste like game meat. Like there's oh like what does deer taste like or what does elk taste like? And I was like, well, if you take care of it decent, it tastes like meat. Yeah. I, mean, I think it tastes yeah like fillet to me. <laughs> like or uh, just pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. I'm a sucker I mean, for a beefsteak, though. Like, yeah. game meat's great, and, like, I respect all the people that say, oh, I haven't bought meat in years, but every now and then, dude, I want oh, yeah, yeah. an inch and a half thick, like, New York cut, beautiful, thick steak. I like me a good ribeye. Who doesn't? Yeah, a little fat, I mean, a lot of fat on there. Beef is wonderful. No, oh, yeah, for sure. And people like us who aren't murderers of, of all the animals have to buy <laughs> the steak and the beefs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someday. Someday I'll get there. I mean, Ooh, I can only imagine how much meat, like, Anthony or Steve have in their freezer. I think I, I talked to Anthony yesterday, and he said he just dropped off, like, 180 pounds of elk and deer at a butcher. And he's like, yeah, I already have two free fulls or f- two full freezers, and, like, don't know what I'm going to do with it. That's my dream. Yeah. I got, I, like, 100. I don't I have like that 100. problem yet. I could probably turn my freezer off right now and be fine because there's yeah. not much in there. It is what it is, dude. It's just like, like it, it's just fun. Some duck breasts. I've never eaten duck. Never eaten duck. Never shot a duck. Uh, shooting them is really fun. Eating them 
I enjoy like I enjoy poppers and I enjoy like jerky and I enjoy yeah. like snack sticks and stuff like that. I, I still haven't figured out like the actual like culinary like technique yeah. of like cooking a full like, like duck, a full duck and making it taste something. good. But people, I mean, people do it all the time and they say it tastes amazing. I haven't. I personally just haven't got the recipe down, but it's it's fun as hell. I've heard if you do it wrong, it's horrible. Yes, it is. Like when you do poppers, but I don't do you like, like I don't uh, like deer when it's cooked bad either. No, like, like a well cooked, a well cooked, well like game meat especially. But like if you cook a piece of meat well done, it's pretty much ruined. Yeah, if it doesn't like if it's brown the all on, the way through. The only thing I'll eat well done that I it tastes the same pretty much is chicken, but it's just dry. Yeah, it still well, tastes chicken, the same. You can though. get like that salmonella stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, uh, well, what my, is it? my wife likes it burnt, so that's. Oh. <laughs> pretty much Dude, Kyle, Kyle was telling me the other day he works at like a high end, high end steakhouse or something like that, and he was telling me people order pork, like pork chops, medium rare. Oh really? Like I like I like a good moist, moist pork chop. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm sure the ladies love that yeah, word. Yeah, I love that moist. word. It's my favorite. <laughs> I wanted to get a license plate for a while that was either like the number two and the word moist. Or the word moist in the number one. <laughs> Does that word, I don't know what it is about that word, but it drives, we're, we're, we're getting off in the weeds. Yeah, we're off on a tangent there. But maybe let's get back, get back on subject. What do you, like, what's a subject we should cover? We had grand ideas of having wonderful information, and now uh, we're just drinking beer and, like, bolt rambling. I don't know. My bladder's really full, though. You can pause, right? You can pause and take a pee-pee. I think it might. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah, dude. Uh, sorry, I had to take a little break. Yeah, the beer runs through you. Ladies' room. But we, we, we game planned a little bit more on how to keep ourselves on track, so we're diving into archery. Archery mechanics. Yes. Whatever you want to call it now. Yeah, dude. Archery, uh, for me, I have only been shooting archery for like a year and a half, and dude, I love like the technical aspect of it, and... Uh, it's really, it's really, it's fun, man. Like I've been, me and my, my wife, I got my wife a bow and she's been mm-hmm. shooting too. And it's just been, it's been fun to get out with her and my, got my daughter a bow and from uh, West Coast Archery, they hooked up my daughter up with the bow nice. and, and uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I need to dig in and get a little to the next level. And you and I were talking about a couple weeks ago about, or over the past week or so, whatever about, uh. You've been digging in, yeah, digging in, into it, and you got a little in. archery shop in your in your house now, right? Yeah, I, I just uh, what is it? I saved up for a little while. I, I bought a I bought a press, a draw board, an arrow saw, all that sort of stuff, just because like more or less I got tired of having to drive to the bow shop when I wanted stuff to get done, and like not not knowing how to work on my own stuff just made me a little a little nervous, just because like if it's I don't know, middle of hunting season and something goes wrong with your stuff, maybe you pop a string or your bow's out of tune, like that's when everyone's getting their stuff worked on, so you might be shit out of luck. Yeah. And uh so I just got like I had a I had a friend help me kind of get the basics and kind of started just I bought a brand new string and throw it on my bow and I got it to tune and learned yeah. how to do my serving, learn how to do my D loop, serving my peeps. Um, and then my basic tuning, and then like my micro tuning, and it's just like I, I've always liked tinkering with shit. Like uh, when I was uh, like when I was a young kid, my dad would like what is it? One time they got the water heater replaced, and uh, 
my I got home from school. My my dad was like, "Hey, I saved something for you," and he saved the water heater. And he's like, "Like, I'm gonna throw this away in a couple of days anyway. So if you want to like tear it apart, go for it." And I like literally just tear that thing apart. Really? It's like it's fun <laughs> taking stuff apart and seeing how it works. And it's just like yeah, it's it's pretty rewarding when like you, like I I I totally like what is it? I like two weeks ago, I totally broke my bow down, like regreased the limbs. Uh, change the top hats in my cams because I shoot a Matthews, so they have those. It looks like a top hat. It's like a, it's like a spacer with a post in it, and okay. so you can like shim your cams one direction or another. Like worked on my cams, put my string on, and uh, got it shooting perfect bullet yeah. holes. Like it, it, I'm not that good at it yet, so it, it like it's not something I can do like right away. Like usually I have to like mess with it for an hour or so, and then like set it down and yeah. Um, come back to it another day but like it's shooting good now and uh i've been struggling with target panic super bad and like it's it's nice to know that it's not the bow it's me like i know it's me yeah and uh just having like having the tools to work on your equipment is rad it's like it's really not that much of investment con- considering how much time and money we spend on hunting overall like yeah you can get a bow press for a couple hundred bucks you can get an arrow saw for like a hundred bucks and like i just i didn't buy a nice one i just bought that like what is it? The last chance archery yeah. easy press with like the built-in drawboard and like, yeah. Like I've, I like I'm working on my buddy's bows now. Like I can, I'm probably not good at like at working on all of them. I find Hoyts for myself are a little, a little tricky because of the yoke tuning they uh-huh. have. But okay. uh, like my buddy Cody, he's he he loves archery. He's he like he's the type of guy he like he loves hunting. I wouldn't say he takes it super seriously, but like he he hunts a good bit and like goes out and like. He was going on a hunt and like he just wanted to check his bow out and he shot his bow through paper and he had like a six inch high tear. Oh yeah. And he'd been shooting like like <laughs> he's had the same bow for like five years, never changed the string, never tuned it, never no nothing. Okay. And then we get his bow shooting bullet holes and he comes back to it and he's like, dude, like I'm shooting great. Like this must have been bad for a long time. And it was like good arrow flight is is really important because yeah. like I'm not that good at shooting right now. Like yep. I used to be good at it, but I'm shitty now. But having an arrow that actually flies out of your bow well makes it all the more forgiving. Like you can you can mess up a couple ways, either torquing your grip or uh, anticipating the shot or something like that. And having an arrow that flies straight out of your bow gives you quite a bit more forgiveness. Yeah, I know it's crazy how just every little different you know way you hold your bow, way you whatever it, it, it's like it all has an effect. And like I can tell you're one of those people that like dive deep into like the technical aspect of things and like tinkering with things just you know i mean honestly just by looking at your instagram page and seeing you freaking tying flies and stuff anyone who ties flies dude is like on a different level i think it's just like it's all like i I, i've always been the type of person like the way my the way my wife would explain it is like taylor you should never do cocaine because (laughs) like when i start to do something it's either like either I'm going to do it for a little bit and I'm going to figure it I don't like it or I'm going to figure it I like it. I'm going to go like full bore at it, whether that's tuning bows in my basement or uh, spending a lot of time tying flies. Like I have a bucket, like a literal five gallon bucket full of like my past creations of when I learned how to tie flies. I'm like digging back through that and looking through it. You're like, what the hell I was, what the hell was I thinking? And like yeah. now I can like look through the stuff that like the stuff that I have these days. And like, I, I pretty much, I don't know, probably about, I I like to try to fish all my own flies, but some of that little shit is just tedious. Yeah. But it, it's like it's all it's all part of like the I kind of want to say it's all part of the process because like the like that deer I shot last year um 
biggest deer I've shot in my life and likely the biggest deer I'll ever shoot in my life. And like, it was literally all done myself. Like I, I got the string, I built my arrows, I fletched my arrows, I tuned the bow. And it was just like, it, it made it all great. Cause like, I didn't have to rely on anybody to do that. And like a, getting a good tune on a bow, um, from a lot of the research I've been doing, just personal experience, um, you really don't need to broadhead tune. If your bow is tuned perfect, and not, not tuned perfect to the way you shoot, but tuned perfect, like where you can give it to anybody who knows how to like use decent form or put it on the hooter shooter or something like that, and it shoots a bullet hole, you can throw any broadhead on that thing, and it's going to fly straight like what is it? I killed my buck last year on like the fourth day of season. Uh-huh. And the night before season started, I literally screwed off my field points, screwed on my broadheads. And I shot that bucket over 90 yards, hard shot him. Huh? And like, if the bro- if the bow wasn't tuned well and it wasn't tuned to the broadhead, it, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It's like that little technical stuff is fun. It just adds, adds a little bit to the reward. And I mean, yeah. Being able to work on your shit, it's just like anything else. Like, I have buddies who are mechanics, and they can work on their trucks and build their motors and all that sort of stuff. And I wish I could do that because it saves them money and they know how to fix their shit, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm learning how to do that with my bow, and yeah, it's fun. It's just like it, it's not it's not work. It's like that's how, like I'll go down in the basement pretty much every night right now because I'm trying to learn how to shoot back tension. So I'm not trying to shoot at anything specific. I'm just shooting at a bail target. And I'll just go down, go downstairs every night, like eight o'clock, like kind of getting ready for bed, winding down for the evening, and I'll shoot like twenty shots, and just yeah. trying to like get my get my shot process right because uh, a true back tension release, you know, uh, as I'm finding, will like any little thing you do wrong, it'll tell you about it, and you'll know about it right away because building tension with form that's not good is next to impossible. Like uh, for me, what I've what I've noticed over the years is my rear elbow tends to bend out away from my body, and it's not in line. Okay. And it's really hard to use your shoulders to build back tension. When your elbow's out, you end up wanting to kind of pull, pull, basically pull your hand through it and uh-huh. snap the release over, and that kind of defeats the purpose. It's basically, you're basically just like shooting it with the trigger. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so technical. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, it's like, cool, dude. Like, I, I, I know my form has been pretty screwed up. Like, like I'll have my wife like take a picture like take a picture as I'm like yeah just to see what I look like you know like and my elbow will be like pointing up towards the sky like just way off and I'm like dude but then when I think about it when I'm drawn back and I'll like kind of lower I don't know what I do but drop my shoulder blade or whatever and like line it up and it feels right or looks right or whatever but we train ourselves to our habits yeah, there's just so many technical aspects to it that I think that's what's cool about it to me. Like every little tiny adjustment yeah. that you make, like makes a difference in where that arrow hits. And it's like, I don't know, I I find like a lot of pleasure in like being able to narrow that down. And yeah. it sounds like you're getting pretty technical into it. I, I can't shoot I, for shit right now, though. <laughs> I can't hit anything. Like, like, yeah. do you want to know the truth about that antelope? Yeah. Um, I torqued my bow when I shot him. Um, I've been struggling with target panic horrible and I torqued my bow when I shot him and I hit him smack in the hind quarters I thought I saw I, th- I you could kind of show with the picture yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I hit him like basically right where right where like the front of the hind quarters meets his abdomen I put the arrow like right through there and I was very very lucky because I cut both his femorals and he was fire hosing blood out of both sides and he died in like 
I don't know. Like it wasn't like a like the fastest kill I ever made. It wasn't like I I popped his heart in his lungs and he fell over in thirty seconds. It was like a he yeah. walked a couple steps and laid down and had his head bobbing for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I mean, I think I think that happens to everybody. So like, I hope I'm not trying to make myself come off as some Maven bow tuner or something like that. No, no. But hey, dude, I'm keep it real. It. Keep it real. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, I want to start digging into digging into that more. I think Dude, I'll, probably, I'll probably start with. I was gonna start with just kind of just fletching and yeah. and mess with the arrows. Get and a stuff, Bitsenberger. Yeah. Just just, yeah, yeah. just don't 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 mess with like the Arizona Easy Fletch or anything. Just get yourself a Bitsenberger, and go on Arizona. Like I don't know what fletchings you like. I like the I like AE veins. They seem yeah they seem to work for all, me. Honestly, all I've used so far is just the Blazer, Blazer veins that yeah. like you you know I've just got from the shop yeah. or ordered from from Lancaster or yeah. whatever but um, just get yourself a jig get yourself some stuff and uh, like cleanliness yeah yeah is super important with that stuff like uh, like having some of them don't need a little acetone pen but like I like to clean my fletchings off clean my arrows off like I like to use wraps to these days yeah because when you mess up a fletching you can just dip the back of the arrow in boiling hot water and then just the, the, the wrap comes right off rather than have to scrape glue and shit off the, off oh, the okay. um, actual shaft of the arrow, which drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> That makes way more sense than sitting there scraping all this glue yeah. off, huh? But, yeah, yeah. I, we were talking earlier, like, I'd, I'd, I'll probably, uh, if you if you have the time or yeah, whatever, man. maybe I'll get a string and we'll see if we can yeah. work something out in the, in the old archery shop you got at yeah, home. Yeah, dude. Like I'm building, I'm building a bed. My I, I've uh, my wife finally convinced me to get a king bed. I think king beds are an unnecessary luxury. Like I've always had a queen, and I feel like I have plenty of room. But she's been she's been harping on me for a couple of years. So like we went to the mattress store and bought a um, bought a nice mattress this weekend. She's like, oh, let's buy a bed frame. And I was like, no, no, I'm gonna <laughs> build one. So now I'm not a carpenter, <laughs> and so I've gotten myself in a little. A little deeper than I think I can swim, and I have to build a bed frame this weekend. Right. So, two by fours, lag screws. Yeah. It's gonna be. I'll get it done. Right. It's there. gonna be a bed frame. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I'm not sure how it's gonna look, but hopefully it'll be sturdy, because hey, that is the main requirement. If you can tinker with flies and archery stuff, you can build a bed frame. No problem. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. But do you have any more hunting adventures for this year? This year, I want to get a bear. I. Dude, I I have the worst ADD. <laughs> I know you say you do too, but like oh, it's bad, man. I can't focus, dude. Like I I like all year I focus on deer, and then I fo- and then I'm like, um, I can't let the mountains defeat me, so I'm gonna yeah, focus dude. on a bear. And it's open, it's open then, for weeks but longer. Then, but I know, but then duck season starts, and I get like hooked back into that, yeah. and like my full attention just has to be on one thing or the other. So I can't. I I feel like I can't like multitask, dude. Like. Like the I'm hunter's all, I'm dilemma. All di- I'm all diehard into waterfowl now. All of a sudden, and I'm like, dude, but I still got the bear tag. Dude, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> got the clearance from my wife to do that. So like, I, I found a spot this last weekend that I want to go check out. It's a, it's a little hike in, but I mean, bear season runs till it's either like December twentieth or something like that, or when I think the, it's the end, of the end of the year. I think it's not. I, it's like it's, it's the tail end, of, tail end of December, or when twelve hundred hit. And I checked the quota a couple of days ago. And it was like five hundred and fifty. So yeah, the quota won't like get filled this year. Yeah. So there's gonna be plenty of time. I don't think it has since they've just. I don't know. Outlawed dogs. Dude, I, I want to run. I want to run do- dogs for bears so bad. Like my buddy Alex has a hound, like a really like high bred hound, 
and we're talking about trying to go to like Colorado or Nevada or something like that this winter to run to like yeah split the hunt he or I will shoot the cat I yeah. just want to go I just want to go watch dogs that'd be fun wreck a cat dogs are pretty amazing dude that's that's what I like about waterfowl hunting too is just like the dog the yeah. dog work and um but yeah do you know what I mean uh, we it? talked about him earlier speaking about dogs my buddy Ryan got a Vishla what was it like he has to be like yeah, almost two been, years old he's now. He's been putting that thing to work. Dude, that dog yeah. is a machine. So Ryan's yeah. wife is an ultra runner. Okay. Um, I, she's she's not running as much right now because uh, they ended up being able to. Um, they have a baby on the way, which they're super excited about. But uh, um, she runs like insane amounts. So yeah. that dog runs with her. So that sucker has legs, and like Ryan's been like he's gone chucker hunting. He's been getting after quail and stuff lately. But like watching like the way he works with that dog is rad because like he works that dog out every day and like he's teaching it like yeah it has the natural the natural want to do it and he's also like teaching it how to work and learning like learning how to work with it i've never done anything like that so yeah. i don't know how it all works yeah, i've been kind of following along too like it's it's cool to see i appreciate it i mean he's hunting like a couple miles from here like a couple like yeah right over the hill pretty much yeah right, right behind us i was house. talking to him a little while back we were talking about getting together at some point but yeah, no, I appreciate the dog work stuff, dude, because I, I trained my dog for waterfowl hunting, and, it, dude, there's so much pride in, like, oh, yeah. training your dog, like, over and over, like, all, you know. It's like getting it's your kid a daily to shit in the thing. toilet for the first time. Yeah, it's like a daily, a daily, uh, whatever. Dude, you should have him on here. He's, like, he's yeah, kind of the same will. boat as me. Like, he's had, like, what is it? He struggled, or, he, like, same sort of stuff, like, go out hunt and enjoy it and all that, but, like, last year he killed a, a really nice, beautiful velvet forky, and this year he killed, like, a really stud four by three not yeah. far from here and uh and now he's getting into the upland and all that he's uh he gets after it man yeah yeah make sure to call him little boots i hope you listen to this <laughs> what is that he's like he's a little guy <laughs> and uh i think he wears like a size six and my father-in-law worked uh, he worked for my father-in-law for a number of years and picked up that nickname little boots and it never like when whenever my father-in-law talks about him he calls him little boots oh, that's so funny. it's it's a term of endearment ryan no it's cool dude like it's been cool watching him like with the, with the dog and there's not that many guys i don't think that like do the upland thing up here with quail and stuff i mean there's a few guys here and there yeah. that i know but honestly it's been something i've been interested in and i just yeah. never have really like dove into but it kind of goes hand in hand with yeah. getting up in the mountains and deer hunting like like it, you know, you come across cubs of quail all the time, dude. It's like, I mean, he he's running up northeast. I think he's been in like Nevada and stuff like that, chasing chucker and like. Chucker, yeah. I think he told me a story like, what is something? Like it goes along the lines of like, the first time you go chucker hunting is fun, and the rest is revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. But like, what, dude? Check this out. So he was hunting near his house a week ago, and his dog Roby was on point. And so he walks down there, and his dog was pointing a sow and oh, two yeah. cubs. Yeah, I saw that. And the sucker charged him. Dude, I saw that, dude. I was like, oh, dude. Like, it, had to be. It, it came after him. Yeah. I saw that post that he made. I was like, oh, damn. He yeah. had, like, a little, little yeah. whatever. Yeah. That was just a few days ago, right? Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not the top predator out there. I mean, no. like, the idea of hunting things that hunt you back is kind of like, the, I don't know. Bears aren't really hunting you back. They're scared of us out here, but. The idea of getting after something that kind of gets after you, like the, yeah. like I want to go to Africa someday, and like I'll never be able to afford it. But just imagine being able to hunt like a fucking lion. Yeah, 
Dude, I, honestly, like, I have no, like, ambition to hunt Africa really? at all. Really? Like, so, so I just... Uh, I don't know. I'm, like, the, I'm just, like, the typical, like, elk, deer, dude, like, like, it's antelope. not as expensive. I, I just don't... It's don't not know. as expensive as you think. You can you can go over there for a couple thousand dollars and shoot, like... You're not going to shoot, like, a freaking hippo or anything like that. Yeah. Well, for, like, five grand, you can shoot, like, a Jim's buck, a water buck, and an eel... Maybe not an eland, but I, I really want an eland... A sable, a kudu, and a gems buck. Those are like, unfortunately, I have expensive tastes. Like the yeah, sable yeah. is like the most expensive, and the kudu is like way up there. But okay, I'd like to. But the fact that you can't bring meat home is kind of crappy. I know it's but, yeah, it's, but I, I don't know. I have like a thing about New Zealand, and and then like I do want to like bow hunt Hawaii for axis, axis deer. deer. Yeah. Hell yeah, I want to do that, dude. I might as well. Like I mean, they're it's cheaper, and it's like there's free range ones in Texas. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds true. like that's a pretty fun deal. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah, dream. I mean, if we if we didn't have like bills and stuff, and if money didn't matter, I think we'd be <laughs> I think we'd be doing all these things. Oh, uh, for sure. But for sure, my wife and I started this deal, which it, it's been it's been needed. Like, she's way more frugal than I am. Yeah. And we started this deal that any any fun stuff that one person does. We have to figure out the exact dollar amount of that fun thing, <laughs> so the other uh, the other person can take that exact dollar amount and do a fun thing they want to do that to make it fair. That's not a bad idea. Because I've been selfish in the past with that. Like I've taken time dude, and bought bows, and like that's the it's hardest not fair. Thing. That's the hardest thing, dude. With yeah, that's the hardest thing with marriage, dude. Like I, my wife was always the more frugal one, and now. She's less frugal when it comes to like the house stuff, which I'm fine with, like the yeah, pool or live. whatever. Like, yeah, like she like her like now it's like decorating and the pool and yeah. like those things are her thing and I'm fine with too. But I try to make clear that like if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't spend money on that yeah. stuff. I would be hunting out of state and stuff yeah. like that. Like, but like like you like I like you said like I've been more selfish in the in the past and still with hunting and stuff like that. Like. It is important to try to, like, even it out and, like, make sure, like, everybody's happy. Like, make sure you're yeah. not being too selfish because that's what ends marriages. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dude, though, I have to say, I don't like, want to do that. When I, when I listen to Brian Barney's podcast, he's always talking about self-improvement. Like, he listened to all of these and it's all about, like, being a better hunter, being stronger. But something I really appreciate in Brian's is that he's always talking about, like, when he says about being better, he's like, I want to be better physically. I want to be a better, better hunter. Family man. And I want yeah. to be a better family man yeah. and a better husband. It's like, yeah. I really like that he throws that in there because. I like that too. I mean, I think, like, you, you can fantasize being a single man and all that. But when it comes down to it, like, getting home, I'd imagine to your kids. I know getting home to my wife and my dogs and, like, laying down your head at night next to your family. It's like, you yeah. could, like, you could give up a lot and only have that and life would still be just fine. I mean, at the end of the day. If you can't go hunting and can't go fishing, like say you get disabled, get sick, yeah. Like what's really what's really important at the end of the day is yeah, like your people. Yep, exactly. And it's easy it's easy to forget that like it all like it's you can think about it in a in broad brush strokes or or small brush strokes and like talking about like making making recreation like finances fair. Yeah, those are all those little things that kind of go into being being making yourself better all around. Like I want to be a better hunter. I want to be stronger. I want to be physically. I want to be better at my job, like my occupation. And uh, just got to remember all those little things because I really do think that if it wasn't for our families, we wouldn't be the people, the people we are. Yep. No, you're, that's exactly right, dude. 
it couldn't be I couldn't say it better myself. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. Talking about Brian Barney, that's this that's one thing I like too is that he he always mentions his family and being a better dad and husband and stuff like that and. Uh, His that, daughter just whacked a big old buck a couple weeks ago. You really? see that picture? She got I like I think I the biggest, it. the biggest buck of her life. It was awesome. That's awesome, dude. So that, honestly, that kind of dives into another s- subject. Um, is well, along the same lines is like one reason I kind of like got into hunting. So, dude, like when my wife and I were in our early marriage stages, it was kind of like, dude, I, I'm like, I'm into so many different things, dude. I'm into like snowboarding, skateboarding, yeah. BMXing, dirt bike riding, like. I was new into duck hunting and like just so many different things. I wanted to get into rock crawling, like just yeah. all these things that take so much money. And I just know it's you unrealistic. Pick. You can't do it all. You got to pick. And so I'm like, dude, one of the main reasons I stuck, I've been sticking with hunting, is to like that I could get my my wife can go if she wants, or I could take my kids. Yeah. And it could be like a family event or or whatever. And that's like one of the main reasons I've stuck yeah. with it. And the dogs and stuff like that too. But like. Um, that's one thing I struggle with too, dude. Especially in California, is like not being able to find deer. Like, how do you take your kid deer hunting and get them hooked on something when you don't even find deer? Like, you take them, you, you really, save up some shekels. You go out of state and you take them pig hunting, or yeah, or antelope. You book a guide in California. Yeah. You save up some money and like, what is it? On their twelfth birthday, you say, "Hey, here's the bargain." Yeah. On your twelfth birthday, I'm taking you on a pig hunt, and that's your birthday yeah. present. Yep. Like a little either rite that, of passage deal. Yep, it's either that or like a like a out of the truck or out of the quad like antelope rifle hunt or yeah. something. Something that where you like the kid can find a success like quickly and not and 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 I don't know see the results because yeah. dude there's so many. It, that's my struggle, dude. Is like how do I how, like I have a nine year old and I want to take her and I've taken her, but deer hunting like I don't know what days. You know, like a weekend comes up and I'm like, okay, I got all weekend to hunt. Like, how do you take your kid out when you know you're most likely not going to see shit? Yeah. Yeah, they don't <laughs> understand that, like, they're going to be bored. Like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, you're bored a good bit of the time, right? Because yeah. I know, I like, sitting and glassing for hours is not, is not a uh, something I have mastered. Like, yeah. I know some guys will sit there for hours and hours and hours, but I know I get bored, so I can only imagine yeah, how a yeah. kid would feel sitting there all day. Yep. I don't know. That's why I like like bluegill fishing and shit like that. Just like yeah, maybe not start our hunting. Like I don't have kids, so may, I, I have no realm of yeah. thought for this. But just like take them somewhere they can like have Kids measured fish, success. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's the that's kind of my like what's coming up in the years to come is just trying to figure that part out because yeah. I do want my kids to be involved. And like I said, that's one reason I wanted to kind of stick with hunting and um. Yeah, among other reasons, but yeah, that's one thing I want to get my kids into it and make it a family, family yeah. thing. I mean, if you can keep them out of sports and get them into hunting and fishing, yeah, you'll have much. Like I have a bunch of buddies and their kids are all into sports, which is rad. I mean, yeah, it's cool. Like I, but like, I do like like the team effort and like the team like aspect of some of mm-hmm. it. But there's team everything. There's like team trap shooting and I don't know. Then again, like any any sport I see. Where obese people can play it, I give it much less credence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, again, there's John Daly's everywhere. That guy's amazing. Seriously, huh? No kidding. Have you ever watched him back in his glory days? Like, chug a beer, like, chief a cigarette all the way down, then, like, yeah. put it on the green on a par four? Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Savage. Yep. But. 
But yeah, like as far as waterfowl hunting, like that's kind of I kind of want to get into like getting a boat and waterfowl hunting because I can take my family yeah. and cook a breakfast and like make keep my kids interested. Yeah. While Talk I'm about out there. money. You just said boat. Yeah, I know. I know. Break out another thousand. I know, dude. But dude, it's either that or you get a club. I mean, it's either a, for duck hunting, dude. It's yeah. either a club or a boat, or else you're in there at the refuge. Dude, ninety percent. So like I. I had a drift boat for a while. I know a lot of people that have boats. And something I've learned is unless you're using it like twice a week every week, when you break down the cost of owning it and buying it and maintaining it, it's cheaper just to book a guide twice a month. Yeah. Like, are you, gonna, are you really going to use it every weekend? Maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, 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 if you can literally see yourself using it that much, then it makes sense. But, like, 90, like it's just like the people who buy the fucking trailers. Like you well, buy a camper trailer. Well, the thing about a duck boat is like you can use it for fishing and stuff too. Yeah. So it's more of like an all year around yeah. event. Whereas like a duck, cl- a seat, one seat in a duck club is eighteen hundred bucks or whatever, two thousand bucks for one seat for basically two and a half months. And that's not. That's a lot of money. I'd rather make a boat payment and use it yeah. all year long with my family than yeah. one seat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get you get a nice little like. 18 foot low with a jet pump on it and you're running the yuba you're running the feather you're running the sack catching yeah. stripers like yeah. going to river salmon going up the lakes you can, you and can teach for me trout. how to fly fish out of it and shit yeah man definitely <laughs> they're, they're like if you get the right little jet boat there's some places we can go yeah there's some places we can go kill shit too yeah 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 so i don't know but then like yeah big hunt big game hunting thing is like yeah antelope or pig or something yeah. as far as getting kids into it do you want to go on a pig hunt? I I don't know. I do just because I need some more experience yeah. under my belt. But I'm, I don't have like a drive to like kill a pig. Okay. Do you want to go on a guided pig hunt? I would. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to talk more about that later because Let's I have a it. I have a guided pig hunt coming up. It's not like you pay for it. Like it's not cheap. But like we're gonna see, we're gonna see pigs. Who's the? Guide so service? the guy the guide service he's uh his name is Harvest Wild. Okay. Uh, Aaron Grabiel, he's a lifetime Northern California resident, big time killer. He kills elk, deer every year, and he has an amazing ranch that he has a, a lease on that he gets to go guide pigs on. And dude, he kills giants every year. Okay. Yeah. I I have it booked. So my wife and like we we booked this hunt, and she ended up her dad wanted her to go on a hunt with him. So rather like we can't afford three pig hunts. Yeah. So she's gonna go on a pig hunt with her dad. And then I have the dates booked for January 1st and 2nd with him. Okay. Or, or second, second, and, second and third. What is it? It's, that, it's the that first weekend, weekend in January. Yeah, because yeah, I was talking to uh, Kyle Sibley in the past about he's buddies with the, uh, Avila, Avila, yep. Avila Guide yeah. Services. And he, I think he, like, hooks up with them every once in a while, and they do pretty good out there, too. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm open to it. I... I just need experience under yeah. my belt, you know, like, and, you know, who doesn't like some pork and some bacon oh, dude. You know, in the freezer? Oh, dude. <laughs> that wild game meat is rad, but. Yeah. Are you doing archery? Oh, no. It's no. Too, yeah, I'm going to shoot it with thing, the gun, yeah. dude. Yeah, if you're paying for a guide service. Like I, like, I like archery hunting and all that, but sometimes it's nice just to, like, be able to reach out a little bit. Like, not, not saying that rifle hunting is any easier, doesn't have challenges, just, like, it's kind of fun shooting stuff at distance sometimes, yeah. like being able to lay down at 250, 300, 400 yards, whatever. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not a I'm not a long range shooter, so if I can get a, if I can have him under 400, I'll probably shoot at it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that, and uh, yeah, I'm interested in that for sure. Yeah. I got a pig tag, so yeah, yeah, they're easy to come by in this state. I mean, there's there's just not many public land places to go yeah. anymore. Yeah, I've heard they're kind of dwindling a little bit from what I hear. I talked to Hans like two weeks ago. Oh, did you? And he okay. was saying like the pigs in that area have been either poisoned or dying yeah. or something. He said the pig population is almost I've heard the same non-existent thing. now. Yeah. But what is it? I was going to Ukiah for work last week, and I was driving on Highway that's Highway 20, and I saw a mess of pigs. Really? All over the place and all oh. on private land. Okay. It, 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 it figures that the biggest pig group of pigs I saw were on a Buddhist monastery. <laughs> I pulled, I like screeched my car to the side of the road, pulled my Onyx open and opened it up, and it was like something, something, Buddhist retreat of North America. And I was like, not knocking on that door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. Oh, that's funny. Well. Right on, dude. Yeah. I think we've rambled for a while now. Yeah, we've rambled quite a bit. You know, the beer definitely kicked in. And now I have to pee. You got to pee? Yeah, yeah, I got to pee Yeah, now. I do too again. Um, all right, dude. Well, we can stop it there. Yeah, dude. We can do it again anytime. I'm like open book, like whatever. Well, anything, it might any, be fun anything to, goes. It might be fun to like just throw the mics out on the bow desk and like talk about yeah. work and like just like when you get your strings in, just kind of we can just bullshit and Let's like kind of go dude. through. and. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I, I need to learn more about it and. Yeah, it'd be fun to kind of dig into that yeah. technical aspect of the archery thing. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Just pick your colors, get yourself some serving, like new peep you want, whatever D-loop material you want, and we'll get it all built up and beautiful. Okay. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Appreciate uh, appreciate oh, yeah. you uh, being willing to come on and meet here at Knee Deep Brewing Brewing Company. Yeah, Give them a shout out. <laughs> pretty good beer. Yeah, we should have done a beer review. Yeah, actually, I don't even remember what it was that I drank, but it was yeah. pretty damn good IPA. But I'm guessing we don't want to have to call our wives and be like, hey, uh, so I kind of messed up. I know it's Wednesday, but can you come pick me up? Yeah. I know it's an hour drive. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we'll need that. I've only had a couple. But, all right, brother. Thank all you. Right, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.